Hebrews chapter 1. 2. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 2. So good to see each one this morning. We thank the Lord that you're here. There are several who are away traveling, and some more are going to leave during the week. And uh, we thank the Lord for the opportunity to uh, pray for them. And we want to lift up one another. If you're traveling, let us know. And we'd like to support you in prayer. We're going to go to prayer again. Thank you, Lord, for your very precious word. Uh, The songs chosen for us to sing this morning uh, were based on the word of God. How awesome your word is, and uh, we know there's going to be a major admonition in this letter on not moving away from the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that we are amongst those who believe your word and the promises that are given in it. Uh, we, We do stand on the promises. Thank you for blessing us and our families and our church family. Lord, uh, we're blessed, and we know it, and uh, we want to be truly thankful people. And uh, we know there's uh, it's not only a responsibility for us, which it is, but there's blessing that comes when we're thankful to you. And so we thank you for your word. Give us understanding in it this morning. And um, just thank you for your goodness. We worship you because you are worthy of our time this morning. You have done so much for us. And you will continue to bless us as we remain in fellowship with you, as we'll talk about this morning. Thank you again so much for each one here. Uh, Use your word in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in a a study on the subject of um, the book of Hebrews and the subject of the superiority of Jesus Christ. That's really the theme of of the book of Hebrews. There's no one like Christ. (laughs) He's absolutely unique. Uh, He's greater than anyone or anything uh, because he's God the Son. And uh, the the book of Hebrews is going to show us how he offers better uh, revelation of God. He offers um, a better priesthood representing us before God a better covenant or promises given to us, a better sacrifice. Jesus died once and sacrificed for our sins, and he has an awesome ability to show his power towards us. There's many things he wants to do for us. Uh, We would say, well, he's done much for us. Well, don't think that he's going to stop blessing us and granting us his favor. And the book of Hebrews is going to touch on that as well. The writer of the book of Hebrews is warning the readers of the dangers of giving up in the Christian life. And actually some of them were in danger of abandoning Christianity and their faith in Jesus the Messiah because there were other Jewish people in their community who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. And uh, these uh, oftentimes would persecute those who trusted Christ as Messiah and Savior and it would even threaten them or say, we're not going to have do business with you. And a lot of things uh, caused uh, real tensions. So the readers of the book of Hebrews were tempted uh, to some of them to go back into Old Testament Judaism and maybe we'll still worship and have the animal sacrifices. And, of course, you and I know that Jesus is the fulfillment of all those Old Testament sacrifices. Now, there's a major admonition in this section, and I'd like for you to look at it, verse 3. It's been read for us. You'll notice it says, 
How shall we escape, verse 3, if we neglect, that's the word I want you to remember, neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And by the way, we could say those who saw him. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And you see, these readers of this letter were tempted uh, to leave their faith in Jesus Christ and their worship with probably smaller groups of believers and go back to all oh, the worship in the temple where they had all these visual things um, ever before them. Uh, they were tempted to go back. And the writer of Hebrews says, wait a minute. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, the salvation that comes to us through the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, when I was looking at this passage, there's a couple other places in Scripture where the word neglect is used. Uh, neglect means to give little attention to something or to give little respect to someone. Uh, in fact, it's interesting when you start looking this up of uh, what neglect uh, is, uh, really involves. Uh, synonyms for neglect are to ignore or to overlook or to not give due attention to. In fact, uh, one writer said this, Neglect is a form of mistreatment by individuals resulting from inadequate attention, especially through carelessness or disregard for the needs of others. So I'm saying, wow, Lord, help me in this area not to be neglecting people or things that you want me to do. Uh, neglect is a serious thing. And, and when, you, when you look it up, even on the Internet, they start talking about neglect of children. Um, a child may not get the love, the care, and the attention that they need from their parents. Uh, this is serious. This is serious. Um, and and it, it affects a child when a child doesn't get the love and the devotion that should come from mom and dad in their lives. Um, neglect is a serious thing. It really is. I remember years ago, I used to work at a service station when I went through college. And um, back in those days, we pumped gas. That is, we who worked at the gas station. You don't do that anymore, except in New Jersey, by the way. Go to New Jersey. You cannot pump your own gas. That's the power. What's the other one? Oregon. I didn't know that. Two states. Okay, let's pray them out of the union. No. <laughs> we used to say, my boss would used to say, when you pump gas, uh, say, may I check your oil? And a lot of people would say, yeah, do that. And he said, you know, show them if it's really not good. You know, you can bring it up and, and show them. And some people said, I still remember this, some people said, Wow, I've been really neglecting to check my oil. And, and some of them were very low. Well, you know what can happen if you don't check the oil in your car. Now, when we go out after church, all these hoods are going to be up. <laughs> we don't want to neglect. Uh, the Lord, uh, there, there was another one. When I'm looking at this subject of neglect, I thought this was interesting. have to give it to you. Um, the danger of neglecting time alone. Solitude. Uh, some of the good books written on the disciplines of the Christian life, some of them will cover the subject of solitude. 
how it's very important that we spend time alone. That is in quietness before God. And you know the verse that says, um, be still and know that. Right. The danger of neglecting time alone. Despite the benefits of constant relationship, there is danger. And we, use, uh, we, we are wise to consider what that danger dangers might be. And we neg- when we neglect time alone, we neglect it at our own peril. You know, I looked at that and I said, wow. Lord, help me to not neglect this time in your word and a quiet time. And our children, boy, they're, they're hearing noise all the time. All the time. Their phones school they need to have time alone where they can allow the lord to speak to them Um, very interesting the subject of neglect now let's look at that verse again let's look at verse three you'll notice it says how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at first was spoken to us by the lord he gave out the word of salvation even when he was here on the earth okay how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? In other words, in Hebrews chapter 1, we saw that the Lord, that God, rather, has given his final word to mankind through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that from chapter 1. And, and, and again, I know I'm looking at these verses again with you, but you'll notice it says God, one, one. God at various times and various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. And you know, if you're saved this morning, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit told you about Jesus Christ. And you heard the words of Christ when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And you responded to the words of the Lord. And that's why you're here today. You wouldn't be here today if you didn't respond when God was speaking to you and that we need to be those who are in the Word of God and allow, we'll talk a little bit more about this, allow the Word of God to minister to our hearts. The Lord Jesus Christ is God's final Word. He embodies, literally, God's ultimate message to mankind. And you remember the Apostle John said, He who has the Son has life. And he who does not have the Son of God has not life. And probably every one of us who are here this morning know people who do not have Jesus as their Savior. And they do not have eternal life. And they're on their way to an eternal condemnation. They will be forever separated from God because they haven't listened to God's final word, the Lord Jesus Christ. Very, very very important. Very important. Jesus Christ is God's ultimate message. And it's found in his person and what he did for us on the cross. He is superior to all previous representatives of God. He's superior to the prophets. He's superior to angels. And angels do wonderful things, as Jack mentioned. They protect us. Verse 14 of chapter 1. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Ministering spirits, they, they're representatives of God. They have their tasks and their responsibilities. The prophets did an awesome job of communicating God's word. But oftentimes God's people, uh, God's people would not listen to them. Uh, and the writer of Hebrews said, look, the angels did awesome things. The prophets did awesome things. And by the way, the prophets still speak to us through the word of God. 
We read the Old Testament prophets, and it's amazing the truth that they communicated for the Father in heaven. Awesome things. It's a wonderful thing, uh, and I'm going to move over on this same subject. We're saying that the message of the prophets is still with us today, the Old Testament scriptures. And the Lord can speak to us through the prophets. In fact, you and I are blessed when we read the word of God. And and many of you have said, you know, I was reading God's word this morning. And this truth really spoke to my heart. Now, I'll tell you, that's, that's an awesome thing to have happen in your life where you can be reading the Bible and the Lord takes his word and ministers to your heart, encourages you. We sang standing on the promises. Maybe you read one of the promises of God's word. Maybe somebody in the family is going to take a trip. The rest of the family staying here. Somebody's going off in the family. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you stand on that promise and you believe what the Lord will do in helping his own people. That's a glorious thing to know that the Lord will speak to you from his very own word. So what the uh, writer of Hebrews is saying is heed the word of God and you'll notice he says and don't drift. Verse 1, chapter 2. We must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest we drift away. And that's a very firm Uh, warning. Um, Now, if you're here this morning, I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you, but listen, please don't miss this. We all have time to read the Word of God. You may have to do it after you get home late at night, or you may have to do it, your schedule's really different, but there's, we all have time, and and I've said it this way. Remember I talked to you about a guy who came here a number of years ago, and he said, Pastor, he said, I can't hardly read. And, And I, I, and, and he said, I just can't. And I said, would you do this? Would you do this? Would you just take one verse, take it, copy it down, just take one verse, and look at that one verse a day? And he came back later and he said, wow. He said, that really helped me. He said, that's about all I can do. I, I just can't read down through a passage and remember a lot of the things that the Lord is speaking to me. But he will honor his word if you will get in it. And the warning here, of course, is... Um, Do not neglect the word of God. We must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. And then there's a line of argument here. If Israel in the Old Testament times were punished for their disregarding the word that was given by angels, and the idea here is that the angels were used by God through Moses to communicate the law to the people of Israel. Well, if people disobeyed the Old Testament law... How much greater would the punishment be for disobeying God's word, which has been spoken by his son? That's the point. That's the point of the, the, um, of the warning that's given here. We need to uh, realize that God has spoken to mankind through the person of Jesus Christ. I told you a couple of weeks ago about the men at the state fair. Maybe you weren't here that Sunday. I'm going to repeat it anyway. He came up to me, big, tall guy, and he came up and he saw our, our um, Bible map at the state fair, and he walked up and he said, uh, don't go telling me uh, we've all sinned. I don't want to hear it. And he said, don't go telling me that we're born sinners. And he's a big guy, and I'm short, see. <laughs> you know, why do you say that? 
And I said, sir, I said, we say it because God has said it in his word, the Bible. The God who created our world and made all things is certainly able to communicate with us, and he has communicated to us through the scriptures. Well, he wasn't really um, moved by that conversation. But again, I'm going to repeat this. But his wife was listening over here, and she came all the way around the other booth, or halfway through the other booth, and she came over and she said, thank you for communicating to my husband things that he needs to hear. And uh, wow, needs to hear? That's correct, absolutely correct. Um, We need to hear the words of Christ. Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You as a believer may be going through trials. There may be needs in your life. Sometimes, some days, things aren't good that you would like to see, the uh, fulfillment of things. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So don't think that those outside of Christ who are enjoying the entertainment of the world and the things of this world have a better life than you do. Jesus said, I give an abundant life. And aren't we thankful? Boy, we really are. So he says we need to take heed to the things that we have heard from the word of God to one lest we drift away. And he's talking to believers. In other words, you as a believer and I as a believer need to take care of our salvation experience. We need to build on our faith. We need to listen to the word of God lest we drift away. Uh, And it can happen very easily uh, by neglecting the Word of God. So again, I'm going to lay this challenge out. If, If you would say, you know, I have been neglecting reading my Bible. I've been neglecting praying. I've been neglecting really listening for the Lord to communicate to me through His Word. Uh, I want to. I want to stop doing that. I want to get my Bible open today, maybe this afternoon, or certainly before you fall asleep at night. Have that Bible open so that the Lord can speak to you through His Word, even if you're looking at just one one verse. And you'll notice again, He's He's given a warning. He said, "Lest we drift away." And um, I like the canoe. I like to be in the canoe going down the river. And it's very easy if you're not paying attention and you're not paddling uh, for the canoe to drift off into a direction that you might not want it to go. So it's very easy for Christians to uh, drift away, rather, from fellowship with Christ. Uh, We pray for one another in the family of God. And from time to time, you'll hear somebody say, well, I have this relative, I have this friend, I have someone in my family. And you know, they've, they've drifted away from the Lord. They used to be faithful in worship, and they used to fellowship with us, and they used to, but they've slowly drifted away. It can happen so very easily, and that's why in this very letter, and we're going to look at it down the road in the future, lest the rapture takes place, this is why the Lord said through the writer of Hebrews, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We need to influence one another with regards to spiritual things. Someone has used this terminology, and I'm going to just mention it. Uh, the currents, C-U-R-R-E-N-T-S, the currents of temptation pull strongly at Christians. You know if you've done any boating without the motors on the back, that the, the tides and the, the currents can pull the boat. Well, likewise, 
temptation is strong in our world because uh, of the enemy of our souls. We'll speak just briefly on this. And uh, uh, it's possible for any believer, even those who have been handling the Word of God. You and I have heard of pastors and, and other Christian leaders who have fallen spiritually. And, and you say, wonder why that happened. I'll tell you what, in most cases, it doesn't happen just real fast. It happens where they slowly, you know, they say, well, I'll study the, for this lesson and I'll look at it for this. But they don't spend the time, you see, taking heed to the Word of God and spending time in the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, speak to me through your Word. Minister to my heart. I need you. It's so easy for the currents of temptation to pull someone away spiritually. Temptation is a big subject in the Word of God, and there's several things we need to think of in relationship to it. And uh, the first one is that um, every Christian is tempted. I remember, <laughs> you'll, you'll think, some of you will think of this and uh, remember the experience, maybe not. A number of years ago, we used to have in our church fellowship, Mother Camp. How many of you remember Mother Camp? Let me see the hands up. Okay, she was a missionary in Africa for like 35 years. Really loved the Lord. Really loved the Lord. And one time in Bible study, and that's why, by the way, you ought to go to small group Bible studies. You can really get into things. Somebody brought up the subject. I wonder if Mother Camp, she was 92 years of age, served the Lord for many years, real prayer warrior, and somebody said, wonder if Mother Camp's ever tempted. You know, the Bible answers that, doesn't it? Well, let's look at it. Keep First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen. Let's just take a glance at it because it's going to help us when we're touching on this subject of temptation. We said that temptation is common to all believers, even to Mother Camp. In fact, when we think of the subject of temptation, the Word of God tells us: Do not get to the place where you think that um, I can't be tempted. Wow. First Corinthians ten. 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I remember uh, one of our youth pastors a number of years ago, we got a phone call, uh, this family that we knew. They actually weren't here in the church, but um, the dad and the family had fallen into sin. And uh, someone called and said, Would you just lift our whole family up in prayer? And this wasn't announced that this individual fell into sin. And uh, our youth pastor uh, came. He came and knocked on the door, and I said, "Hey, we got to we got to go to prayer." And um, I said, "You know, this family that we used to know pretty well, uh, the father of the family fell into sin." And uh, the first thing he said was, "Let's lift him up in prayer. Let's pray that he gets restored." Isn't that the attitude that we should have when someone falls into sin? And say, "Hey." Let's pray for them. Let's lift them up. Let's encourage the family. And, and we did. And, and that did turn out much, much better than many people anticipate. So a temptation, uh, ne- next verse down, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. That's where Mother Camp came in. She was tempted too, to certain kinds of sins. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but will with the temptation also provide a way to escape 
that you may be able to bear it. So when you think of temptation, think about the fact that, look, I'm not the only one that's tempted. Even people who have known Christ for many years, even strong Christians, are tempted to sin. In fact, the word tempt, when it's used in the Word of God, is used in two ways. Sometimes it's used with solicitation to sin, and then sometimes it's used of testing. Like in Genesis 22, where it says that God tested Abraham. Now look, he didn't tempt Abraham to sin when he asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. He was testing him. He was testing his character and his devotion to God. So God never tempts anyone to sin. That is clear in the Word of God. The book of James tells us that very clearly. The book of James says God doesn't is not tempted by evil, neither does he tempt any person. So what are we remembering just briefly? Uh, we're remembering, first of all, all Christians are tempted. Remember, secondly, that God's Word, known and applied, is a sure defense against temptation. It is amazing. You say, you know, uh, wh- why, why do we spend a lot of time teaching our kids, our children? Why do we have Sunday school and Awana clubs? Because we want God's Word to be in their mind and in their thoughts. We want them to know verses like, uh, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall honor your father and mother. You see, the Holy Spirit's able to take the Word of God and, and He'll use it in the lives of people when they're tempted in the time of temptation. Um, I'll tell you what, as adults, you shall not commit adultery. And how often have we he- heard of adult Christians who have fallen into adultery? And um, I, I would rather imagine someone who has heard the word of God that the Holy Spirit speak into that person's heart. And, and you know, you say, oh boy, it breaks your heart to hear when, a, when another believer falls into the sin of adultery. I, I, I'm, I'm as serious as I can be. Probably no doubt the Holy Spirit spoke to that individual's heart and said, do not commit adultery. But they push the word of God aside. That's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Don't push the word of God aside. Take heed to the things that you have heard and things that you have learned. Respond to the word of God. So God's word applied is a sure defense against temptation. Apostle John said, I write to you, young men, you are strong because the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Wow, that was pretty clear, huh? The word of God is in you, and you have overcome the evil one, because Satan goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he will devour. And uh, please keep in mind uh, that even though you want to grow spiritually, even though you want to be true to the Lord, the temptations are going to come your way. And uh, you know the verse real well. It's... uh, 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We're told that lions attack uh, sick animals, young animals, straying animals. They go after the weak animals because they can overtake them. And that's what Satan does. You take a Christian who is not strong spiritually not growing in the Lord. 
the apostle is saying here, watch out, believers, when you are hurting, when you are suffering, when you are being persecuted, when things aren't going right in your life, watch out, because that's when Satan's going to come along and say, give up on the faith. He has a way of doing it. He really does. That's when he attacks. When we focus on troubles and weaknesses, that's why the writer of Hebrews is saying, and he's going to say it. We're going to look at it in the future again. Keep your eyes on the Lord. It's even in this chapter, 2.9. But we see Jesus was made a little lower than the angels. And there's a beautiful discussion of why we need to keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Just very quickly, um, we're talking about um, temptation and how we need to keep in mind what the Bible says about temptation. The writer of Hebrews says... Pay more careful attention to the things that you have heard. We need to be those who are listening to the Word of God. And you see, the idea is, it seems like there's a lot of more distractions in our world today. You can say, well, you know, there's been distraction many years. But there's a lot today. You know, the phones, you know, they beep and they ding and they dong. And uh, there's just a lot of things, right? And uh, I heard someone put it this way, and I think it's good. I'm just, I'm just going to read it. Do we pay as close attention to Christian truth as we do to the stock market, the latest news, the latest sports results? Do we pay as close attention to the Word of God? We need to be very careful. In fact, the, the terminology that is still back in 2.1 is lest we drift away. And again, the writer of Hebrews is saying, unless we just drift away from the Lord. And it can happen very easily. And so I'm taking it. I'm taking it for me. I'm taking this as a warning. Be real careful. Don't just study Sunday, uh, uh, Sunday morning message uh, time in the Word of God. Don't just study for the Bible studies. Spend time in the Word of God and allow the Lord to minister to your heart. And you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed, <clears throat> pardon me, when you allow the truth of God's Word, pardon me, to minister to your heart. <clears throat> the writer of Hebrews is saying, <clears throat> he's saying to these people who needed encouragement, keep your focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's further back in the book of Hebrews that, you know, it won't hurt you to look at it now because the rapture may take place and you'll wish you had a scene 12 too. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. <clears throat> Here's where he says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus is the one who brought you to faith in him, salvation, forgiveness of sin, and he's going to complete what he wants to do in your life, okay? Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. He which hath begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. Keep your focus on Christ. Listen to the word of God. Don't allow your focus to go away from Christ on how things used to be, how bad things are in the world, but on the fact that you know Christ and the day is coming when you're going to be up there with him. That's what's going to keep you encouraged. That you belong to the one who's sovereign Lord over all. Keep your focus, <clears throat> pardon me, on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the solution to uh, the problem, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> the problems that come along 
are the distractions of our world. Let's pray together.